Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 2 tonight, 2 Kings chapter number 2. We have been for uh, several months now, and somebody's phone is right here. I don't know whose this is. And uh, here you go, brother. We've been in a series now for uh, about, man, probably about three months, at least three months on the Holy Spirit. And I knew we were going to do the graduation part of the service tonight, and it seemed like the Lord was just directing in a little, little different way tonight. I don't know that this is a graduation message, uh, and I don't know that it's not a graduation message. Some of the guys were asking out, out in the atrium before we came in tonight, preacher, you're going to hit a home run tonight. And I said, I don't know. Might just be a base hit tonight, and i um, not sure about that. But I think I'm going to preach. I think I'm going to preach from a passage that I don't know that I've ever really preached from this evening. And so that's going to be, this will be a little new for us this evening. And so 2 Kings chapter 2 in your Bibles, and when you find your places, why don't we stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. We're going to start in verse number 19 and read down through verse number 25. 2 Kings chapter 2, and again, look at verse number 19, and um, we'll read down through verse number 25. Very interesting story. This is Elisha, Elisha the prophet. This is his first miracle that he performs. Um, we believe that Elisha received a double portion of Elijah's spirit, and it's believed that Elisha did twice the number of miracles that Elijah did, but this is his first, so that makes this sort of special. And so look at Second uh, Kings uh, chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says, And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord seeth, but the water is naught, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters, and cast the salt in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So these waters were poisonous, and uh, the Bible says that uh, Elisha took a little salt, and he uh, pour some salt into the spring. And the Bible says that God miraculously heals the spring. And so the Bible says in verse 22, so the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. And so we read that and we're thinking, wow, that's a neat miracle. That's his first miracle. And that's, a, that's a neat, that's a neat way to start. And then we go to verse 23. And the Bible says, and he, Elisha, he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. And I just will say real quickly, y'all better be careful how you make fun of us bald-headed people. Amen. <laughs> All the... All the people that are pretty thin on top are getting vindication tonight, man, I tell you. And he says here in verse number 24, and this is where it gets a little odd. The Bible says, and he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Look what happened. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear 40 and two children of them. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. 
I'm thinking, man, what a way to start ministry. But that's what our Bible says. And I believe this Bible has no mistakes in it. And so there's a reason that God put that in there. We're going we're to look into that tonight a little bit and find out the reason. And so we went a little over this morning. I don't think we're going to go over it all tonight. I think we're going to be brief this evening. So uh, you can have a seat and I'm a teacher, preacher, whatever it is, just for a few moments. And I do hope the, I do hope the young people will hear me out tonight, give me a good hearing this evening. And um, these kids down here are just getting, you know, they graduated, but they're just getting started. And it won't be too, too long before they'll be starting their own families and their own homes. How many can testify to this, that boy, before you left home, sometimes you thought, my dad's the dumbest guy that's ever walked on the earth. And then about five years after you were out of the house, you thought, man, my dad's the smartest man that's ever walked on the face of the earth. And so these kids, uh, they're going to learn. Boy, I'm telling you, life doesn't get simpler. Life gets more complicated. And that's why, man, oh, man, we better listen and pay attention and get all the knowledge we can get. And I'm hoping somehow that the Lord will use us to get a hold of a new generation that will decide to teach their kids about Bethel. Now, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you what that means here in just a moment. Let's pray, and we'll jump into this, and I hope it'll make sense. I hope it'll be a help to you. Let's pray together tonight. Father, we love you, and thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary. It's been a wonderful day. June the 4th, 2023 has been a gift from the Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for all that's been done. Lord, as we take just a few moments and close this service out with teaching, preaching, Lord, I pray that you'll use it for your pleasing. I pray that you'll use it for your glory and your honor. And I pray that, uh, Heavenly Father, that you might help me to recall what you've given me in the privacy of this study. And I pray that I would be able to convey it in such a way that it would be helpful, that it would be, um, uh, Lord, that it would be encouraging and, and edifying. And Lord, I pray that I would convey it in such a way that it would bring honor and glory to the Lord and that you would be pleased and glorified through all that's done and that Jesus Christ, the perfect only begotten Son of God would be lifted up and magnified and that he would increase and that we would decrease. And so, Heavenly Father, would you bless our discussion tonight? And uh, we sure thank you. Thank you for this book. Thank you for the Word of God. Lord, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. You've heard me say this many, many times. We often say the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. And I believe that. I really do. Uh, every once in a while, and I made reference to this this morning in our Sunday school class, every once in a while somebody will come and say, you know what, we just need to do away with our Old Testament. All we need is the New Testament anymore. And I want to say to them, man, oh man, leave my Bible alone. The Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And so I, I'm thankful that the New Testament is profitable, but thank God the Old Testament is profitable as well. And that Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. Now I said that to say this, there had to be a reason that God placed this unique story, and it is very unique, but there's a reason that God placed this unique story in the Bible. And the reason is because the Lord wants us to learn a great truth from this little story. What is it? Three or four verses. Uh, the latter part of the story there, three or, four, three or four verses. Now, let me give you a little background here. Elijah has just inherited the prophetic ministry of the prophet Elijah. And uh, uh, Elijah's going to heaven. And they seem to know that. They seem to be aware that he's getting ready to go to heaven everywhere they go. 
the sons of the prophets say, are, are you aware? God's going God's to take your father away. God's going to take Elijah away. He said, I know it. Hold you hold your peace. And so sure enough, you know the story. The Bible says that God sends a, uh, a, a heavenly whirlwind. No doubt it was angels and, uh, and those chariots of fire came and they, they took Elijah uh, to heaven. And the Bible says that Elisha, uh, that, that mantle, that mantle from Elijah is passed down to Elisha. Elisha comes and he, they, they've crossed the Jordan River and he comes and he takes that mantle, he rolls it up and he strikes the waters of the, of the Jordan River. And the Bible says that they part hither and thither and, uh, and Elisha goes over on dry ground. Not long after that, he goes to Jericho and uh, as he's in Jericho, the men of the city come to him and they say, uh, prophet, we have a problem. Our water, our, our well is bad. The, the water is poisonous and evidently folks were getting sick and dying and, and Elisha says, bring me a cruise. And they, they put some salt in it. He sprinkles the salt in the spring and it heals the poisonous waters of Jericho. What's really odd is the very next thing we see happen in Elijah's, uh, Elisha's ministry is that he curses a bunch of children in Bethel. And we read that little story and we're almost like, man, what in the world? Why would the Lord, uh, here Elisha's ministry is just getting started and it's just heralding his first great miracle. And then we find this little story about these, these children that get cursed and then they get mauled by these two she bears. And we're thinking, Lord, what lesson, honestly, what lesson could come out of this? Well, actually, there's some pretty good lessons to come out of that. And I want to share a few of those with you tonight. We're just going to do an expository of this little section tonight. And I want you to notice, first of all, tonight, stay with me. I want you to notice, first of all, the biblical location where this all happened. Look, if you will, at 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 23, because this is so important. And if you don't get anything else from what I'm going to give you tonight, be sure you get this first part. Verse 23, the Bible says, and he, Elisha, and he went up from thence unto, where'd he go? To Bethel or Bethel. He went up from thence unto to Bethel. Now that's a compound word. You don't need me to tell you that. That's a compound word. And, uh, and in the Hebrew, the word Beth is the word house and the word El is the word God. And so this means the house of God. And so all this is, all that we just read about is happening in the house of God of God. It's happening at Bethel, at Bethel, the place where God is. Now, as I begin to study this out, one of the things that I found out was this, that really, really, this is where worship had its formal beginning. Uh, at least with Abraham it is. In fact, I want you to turn to, uh, hold your place in 2 Kings, we're going right back there, but I want you to turn over to 2, uh, I'm sorry, to Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, and look with me at verse number 7. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number seven. And this is the second place in your Bible that the word altar is mentioned. And so Genesis 12 verse seven, the Bible says, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel. Uh, look at the last part of the verse there. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Now I'm going somewhere with this. I want you to understand something, church, that this was not just any place where we read about this story. 
Uh, this was not just any place. This was Bethel. And Bethel had a very, very significant meaning. For instance, I went back and I started looking up some of the other Old Testament towns. I looked up the word Hai. You know what it means? It means heap of ruins. I looked up the word Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. You ever heard of that? Most of you are familiar with that. The word Gomorrah means submersion. I looked up the word Sodom, and the word Sodom means burning. I looked up the word Shinar, and it literally means the country of two rivers. But when we come to the word Bethel, it means the house of God, the house of God. That's all right, Pastor, okay. So it means the house of God, big deal. Well, it really is a big deal. Uh, and this is what the Bible is teaching us. These children weren't acting foolish and disrespectful in Hai. They weren't acting disrespectful in Sodom. Neither were they acting disrespectful or foolish in Shinar. They were acting out in a place called Bethel. They were acting out in Bethel. They were acting out in the house of God. Now, you know what the Bible's teaching us here is this. There are some places where these kids could have gotten away with foolishness, but this was not the place for it. Bethel was not the place. (laughs) You may have gotten away with calling the prophet bald-headed in Hai or Sodom or Gomorrah, but uh, you know what? You're not in those places. You're in Bethel. You're in the house of God. And we find out when these kids begin to act foolishly and disrespectfully, we find here that God was not pleased at all. In fact, he sent two she-bears out and they literally begin to kill these kids. Now, simple, simple message, simple lesson tonight, but this is the lesson. Parents, teach your kids that Bethel is important. Bethel is important. Listen, there is something special about Bethel. There's something important about the house of God. Listen, I teach your kids that this is not a playground. This is not romper room. This is not the gymnasium. This is not, uh, listen, this is not even the class school room. Listen, this is, this is the house of the living God. Now, again, I believe there's something important here that that we are to learn oh listen and i believe i believe that god put this in there on purpose we are missing this a lot of kids are being brought up you know what and they are familiar with the house of god it's no big deal they come every sunday morning sunday night wednesday night praise the lord thank the lord they do And I'm definitely not suggesting that you don't, uh, when you bring your kids, encourage them to have a good time and to love God and to love the house of God and to, to enjoy the house of God. But I am teaching this. When you bring your kids up, you teach them that when you come to the house of God, there is something special about this place. Something special, something sacred about this place. Hey, listen, important. It's important that they be faithful to Bethel. Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival. It's important that they respect the house of God. Oh, listen, this is what I'm saying. Don't become familiar. Don't become familiar with the house of the Lord. Now, let's let's go a little further tonight. Number one, we notice the biblical location. Number two, look at this. Number two, we notice the serious lack of learning. Look, if you will, at verse number 23. The Bible says, and he went up from thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, out of Bethel, and mocked him. 
and said unto him, go up thou bald head, go up thou bald head. Now, you say, preacher, who are they mocking? And they're mocking Elisha. They're mocking the man of God. They're mocking the prophet. Now that tells us something. That tells us, first of all, these kids had not been taught respect for God's men. Now, somebody says, well, preacher, they didn't know. No, you know what? I believe they did know. I, I believe they did know, and I'll tell you why. Because prophets most always dressed in a certain way. They dressed in the apparel or the attire of a prophet. In fact, most often, most often, as you study your, your Bible, you'll find out that the, that the prophet was usually arrayed in what's called a prophet's mantle. That prophet's mantle was usually made of sheepskin, maybe other things occasionally, but usually it was made of sheepskin and he would have it over his head and, uh, and the prophet would walk into the, into the town. And by the way, people took notice when the prophet walked into the town. Uh, you're, you're in 2 Kings chapter two. Look, if you will, at verse number 13. Verse 13. The Bible says in verse 13, he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. Uh, you don't have to turn now, I'll just read this for you. This is talking about the prophet Samuel. In 1 Samuel 28, verse number 14, and he said unto her, what form is he of? And she said, an old man cometh up and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 13, the Bible says about Elijah. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle. Now listen closely tonight. This prophet's dress was a reflection of the importance of this man's office. He dressed in a certain way. And the reason he dressed in a certain way was because he represented something special. You say, what did he represent? He represented God. And because this prophet represented God, he, dressed, he didn't dress like everybody else. When he walked into, oh yes, good neighbor, yep. Got some preach coming on right now. When he walked into the town, he didn't look like everybody else. He had a special look about him. You know why? Because he was a man of God. He was a prophet. And by the way, it wouldn't hurt a few preachers to get back to the place where you start dressing like men of God again. And quit wearing your flip-flops and your Bermuda shorts to the pulpit. Man, listen, walk in here like God has called you to the gospel ministry. Most people, this is the truth, most people recognized a prophet when he came to the city. Now hold your place there a second, because I want to show you something interesting. Turn over to 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. You know, church, we're dumbing down everything nowadays. We're dumbing down preaching. We're dumbing down church anymore. I, I talked about it in Sunday school this morning. Come as you are, leave as you were. And uh, church is not a special event. Church is not a special event. And I know people say, preacher, I don't have to dress up for church. And, and I get that. Y'all, listen, y'all know what I'm preaching. Y'all been here long enough to know this. Everybody's welcome at Calvary Baptist Church. And not everybody knows and so you have to welcome everybody in and you have to pray for them and love them and, and teach them and train them. But I would say this, those that have been saved for a while and you know the Lord, you ought to know different. Amen. You ought to know different. And, and I don't, listen, I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand these preachers that are walking into the pulpits and church members that are coming to church and you know what, dressing like it's no big deal and acting like it's no big deal. And they say, well, you know what, preacher, it's really not a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. It's a real big deal. 
And some, you know what's really bad is some of these same preachers who claim to be men of God, these same preachers who are wearing their shorts and their tank tops uh, to the pulpit, if Joe Biden were to call tonight, and he wouldn't call, but his secretary would, and she were to call and say, President Biden wants you to meet with him in the Oval Office this coming Thursday, you cannot get me to believe for a half of a second that that preacher's gonna show up to the Oval Office in a pair of flip-flops and shorts and a tank top. You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna dress up. And the reason he dresses up because he says this, I'm going to the White House. Well, brother, where I go on Sunday is more important than the White House. I'm not standing before Joe Biden. I'm not standing before Donald Trump. I am standing before the God of the universe. And this is important. Man, everything we do is important. Now, now look, if you will, at, at 1 Samuel chapter 16. Y'all thought I forgot about it, didn't you? 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now, this is Samuel. And look what happens. The Bible says in verse number four, 1 Samuel 16, verse four, the Bible says, and Samuel did that which the Lord spake. And, he, and the Bible says that he came. He came to Bethlehem. And look what happened. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, can you hear the quiver in the voice? Comest thou peaceably. You know what happened? The prophet came in and they recognized him. You know why they recognized him? He looked like a prophet. And he walked into Bethlehem and they thought, and boy, word began to spread. Samuel, Samuel, the prophet, the prophet came. And boy, they were fearful because they thought, well, maybe maybe he was gonna come and pronounce a curse upon the, the town. And so they were fearful, they were respectful. But we notice here in 2 Kings chapter two that these kids had not been taught to respect God's men. Now, this is not, oh, please understand something. This is not something I'm preaching for Brother Steve tonight. Truth of the matter is, God might call Brother Steve away tomorrow. I might... I, I, I mean, I hope so, but I hope not. You might hear a word tomorrow. Brother Steve went to heaven. That could happen. And so, you know what that means? That means in a matter of hours, you may be putting together a pulpit committee to try to get you another pastor here that uh, loves the Lord, is gonna preach the word of God to you. And so I'm not preaching this for me, but I am saying this. Hey, parents, teach your kids to respect the man of God. And teach your kids to respect the house of God. Listen, uh, they shouldn't throw their trash on the floor and they shouldn't, uh, uh, shouldn't mark up the walls and they shouldn't just do things that are, that are disrespectful and foolish. Now, wait a minute now. This is what I'm saying. You might get away with that at Hai and you might get away with it at Sodom and you might get away with it at Shinar, but brother, when you come to Bethel, when you come to Bethel, when you come to the house of God, that's a totally different thing. And so these kids had not been taught respect for God's men, but I want you to look at something else here. These kids had not been taught respect for their elders. Elisha, I don't believe at this point, I don't believe Elisha's an old man, but he's definitely older than these little kids. And so here comes the prophet. He's got his, in fact, he's got the, the mantle of, El, of Elijah. 
I mean, this is the same animal. He just struck the, 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 the Jordan River and it's parted and he walked across on dry ground and, and Elisha walks in with the mantle of Elijah. He walks in and these kids begin to mock him and begin to, they begin to make fun of him. And so we find here that they had not been taught respect for their elders. Hey, parents, and I know we're living in 2023. I know we're living in different cultural times, but it is high time that we teach our kids to start respecting their elders again. Amen. And I'm gonna preach that, brother, till the cows come home. I'm gonna tell you what, and people can say what they wanna say, but I'm just gonna keep on preaching that because I believe it. My little mama's 89 years old. My dad's not far behind them, and they've been around for a long, long time. And I'll tell you one thing we don't do when we walk in their house, we don't disrespect them. And to this very day, I'd be afraid to disrespect my mom and my dad because my Bible says I'm to honor them and I'm to obey them. Hey, kids, let's look, in, look up here. Look up here, preacher. Hey, kids, let me tell you something. You have a God-given responsibility to respect your elders. Now, you know what that means? When you come to the door and an elder comes to the door, you let them go first. That's right. When you come to the line at the fellowship hall and an elder comes to the line at the fellowship hall, you let them go first. That means you don't run through the house of God and knock over these older folks. That's why you don't butt in and interrupt their conversation. I'm preaching good tonight. I'm preaching good tonight, yep. We'd be a whole lot better off if we get back to this in America again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? You speak when you're spoken to. Yeah. And when two elders, amen, yep. I'm gonna amen myself in just a minute. Hey, when two elders are talking, you know what that means? That means you shut up for the glory of God and don't butt in and just be quiet and you'll get your chance, you'll get your opportunity. And But oh, listen, we need to get back to the place where young people are taught to respect their elders. Now you say, preacher, who's an elder? Anybody that's older than you is an elder. Now I'm not making this stuff up. Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 32, the Bible says, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. You know what God is saying? You better respect your elders. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number one. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters of all purity. Now, I've seen some, some how, how you kids treat your mama. And I wouldn't want you to treat these elders like you treat your mama. And for that matter, mama, you ought not let them treat you like that. Is it okay if I preach for a few minutes tonight? My mom and dad never abused us. They're probably watching right now. My mom and dad never abused us. We grew up in a loving home. And, uh, and I tell people all the time, we sort of grew up like Leave it to Beaver, you know, June and Ward. You know, that's how, what I think about when I think about my mom and dad. And they're some of the greatest Christians that I know uh, to this day. And mom and dad never, never abused us. Mom and dad never abused us. But I want to tell you what, we knew what a spanking was. Yeah. You just, y'all have time out? We had time out while daddy was getting calmed down to spank us. 
All you older adults, am I telling the truth tonight? We did have time out. Daddy took a time out so he didn't kill us. But that didn't mean we got out of the spanking. <laughs> and, 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 and listen, I'm so thankful that I had a mom and a dad who, who brought me up and taught me what was right. And thank God I had a mom and a dad who, who disciplined me and, and showed me what was right. And I remember, listen, and again, I'm, I'm gonna, I wanna make sure I stress this. Uh, my mom and dad never abused us and dad knew where to apply the discipline. What, what do they say? The board of education to the seat of learning, right? Amen. God's prepared a place on every child. It's not gonna hurt them. They're gonna act like it is. They're gonna sound like you're killing them. But God's prepared a place for you to discipline them. And that's usually where mom and dad disciplined us. But there was one time I can remember dad backhanding me one time. You say, why not another time? Because he never had to do it again. Now, that's been, that's been years and years and years ago, but I can take you back to the spot and we were in our car, and I was in the back seat behind the driver, by the way, behind the dr driver. Daddy was in the driver's seat. Mom was in the front. Some of the other kids were in there, and I can't remember exactly what happened, I, I, but I do remember this. I remember I spouted off to my mama, and I said something smart to my little mom, and the next thing I knew, Dad's hand was coming around the seat and jacked my jaws. You say, preacher, are you condoning that? I'm going to plead the fifth for just a minute. I might incriminate myself. But you know what dad was saying? You will not talk to your mom like that. And by the way, I didn't. Because I knew what would happen if I did. Oh, listen, let's get back to that. Respecting our parents, respecting our elders, Showing respect for those that are, that are older than us. But we're learning something here. We see that biblical location that Bethel was a, not just any place. Man, this was not just any place on the map. This was the house of God. And then we see that serious lack of learning. These kids had not been taught to, to respect the man of God. And they had not been taught to respect their elders. But then I want you to see something else tonight, church. And we're almost done. How about this? Number three, we noticed a large number of children. Well, this is something that stood out. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2 and look at verse number 24. 2 Kings 2 verse 24. And this ought to arrest your attention. The Bible says, and he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood. Look at this. And tear 40 and two children of them. Wow. I mean, it wasn't like two or three. This is 42. 42 kids are making fun of the prophet. 42 kids are showing disrespect. 42 kids are saying, go up thou bald head, go up thou bald head. Nothing special about you. Nothing special about this place. Now you know what that tells us something. It tells us that there is very possibly a spirit of disrespect in the entire town. Maybe there is a climate of disrespect in this town. And for this kid, uh, and for these, this many kids to be affected negatively. 
And that may be exactly why God allowed such serious judgment upon these kids. Hey, parents, let me, let me say this as we get ready to close. Be careful who you allow to influence your children. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You know, a lot of kids who are just off, I mean, just off the tracks. You don't even have to ask what's wrong. I can tell you what's wrong. They're hanging around the wrong crowd. Evil communication, corrupt good manners. How about Proverbs 27, 17? Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14? Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols, for ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Oh, oh, parents, listen. Oh, listen. Be careful who you let your girls date. If you don't trust him, you can't trust him with her. You say, I don't know what to do. Don't let him in the house. And if he comes over, just do an Andy Griffith. Come on now. Y'all with me, aren't you? Y'all watch it enough to know what I'm talking about, don't you? Hey, if he comes over, just get that double barrel out and just happen to be shining it when he comes. Yep. I try to keep it nice and clean and just break her down right in front of him. Be a sad day if somebody hurt my little girl. You should say, preach. I can't believe you're preaching this. Well, I am. Amen. <laughs> Man, be careful who you let your kids hang around. You know what? Isn't this, isn't this the truth? I'm telling you the truth, aren't I? We're more protective over our dogs than we are our kids. Some Union Grove redneck will go down here and he'll buy a blue tick for $3,000. He'll buy a blue tick for $3,000. You know what he does? Before he buys that blue tick, because it's purebred, it's a, it's a pedigree, he'll go out here and build a first-class pen. He'll pour a concrete pad. He'll put a, 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 a doghouse out there and automatic water and, and all these kind of things and, uh, and, and, and spend thousands of dollars for this lot. And, and you go to some man, what in the world? What'd you do all this? He said, man, let me tell you something. I got a pedigree blue tick. I paid $3,000 for that thing and ain't nothing, ain't nothing getting to my blue tick. And then we let our kids run all over creation and hang around and hang around who knows what. Oh, listen, be careful. Can I remind you of this over in the book of Galatians? Did you know our Bible tells us that Paul was very concerned about the Galatians and it wasn't because of a what, but rather a who. Paul said in Galatians 5, verse 7, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And so we see that biblical location, the serious lack of learning. We, see, we noticed a large number of children were done. But, but look at this. I wasn't even going to give you this point, but look at this. We noticed the length. We noticed the length 
of the prophet's stay. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2, look at verse number 25. I thought this was interesting. Now the Bible tells us he comes into Bethel and then they begin to mock him and disrespect him. And verse 25 says this, and he went from thence, from Bethel, he went from Bethel to Mount Carmel and from thence he returned to Samaria. Now we learn a great lesson right there. You know what this means? The prophet didn't stay and neither did his blessing. When he walked into Bethel and they disrespected him, you know what Elisha did? He left. And the blessing of God left with him. Now that tells us something. God clearly doesn't bless a spirit of rebellion and a spirit of disrespect. And God's not gonna bless the church like that. That's full of disrespect and rebellion and mistreating the elders. God's not gonna bless that. Now, parents, listen, if we desire the blessings of the Lord, and I know you do, if you desire the blessings of the Lord, teach your kids to be people of humility and people of respect. Teach them to respect people. Listen, let me tell you something about everybody in this church right now. Everybody in this church is just as good as I am. And I'm just as good as everybody. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. No man stands higher than I. I can call on Jesus' name and a king can do the same. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. You know what that means? Everybody ought to have respect when they walk into Calvary Baptist Church. Everybody. And mom and dad, teach your kids that. Teach your kids to respect God's house. Teach your kids to respect God's men. And teach your kids to respect God's elders. Man, there's something special. There's something special about about Bethel. And I want to go a step further than that. Teach your kids to respect you. And daddy, if you have a certain chair that you sit in, sit in it. And you don't need junior's permission to sit in your chair. When junior pays the bills and when junior has his own insurance and when junior pays the electric and when junior has a car, junior can buy his own chair. But as long as you're paying the bills and you're keeping a roof over their head, clothes on their back and food on their table and shoes, amen, and shoes on their feet, sit in your chair and let your wife sit in the chair she wants to sit in and the kids can take the rest. Amen, preacher. Amen, preacher, that's good. Thank you, I believe you did. Amen. Now we're talking about respect. We're talking about coming into Bethel. This is not Hai. This is not Sodom. Shouldn't be. This is not Shinar. This is not a heap of ruins. This is Bethel. This is the house of God. That means we need to respect this pulpit. But that means we need to respect these chairs you're sitting on. And that means we need to respect this carpet. And that means we need to respect these instruments. And we can't just do anything we want to do. Why? Because this is Bethel. And we're to have respect for God and the house of God. It's really a shame, isn't it? What's going on in churches across America. A fellow walked into a church. He was as down as down could be. 
And he walked into a church and the pastor preached and he did a good job. He preached his heart out. The spirit of the Lord was there. And this man thought about walking the aisle, responding to the invitation. Let me tell you what he did instead. I'm not making excuses for this. And I'm not condoning what I'm about to tell you. But this man walked out of, he walked out of Bethel and he committed suicide. And he left a note for the church. And he said, I came to your church today looking for encouragement. And he said, I walked in and I sat down and he said, the preacher began to preach and he said, my heart, my heart was burning, my heart was stirred and he said, I, was, he said, I really thought about walking forward in the, in the invitation but he said, in front of me, there was a group of young people and he said, they were so disrespectful and so distracting that I decided it's not even worth it. Walked out of the house of God and took his own life. Oh, listen. When we come on this property, it's big. This is not just any place. This is the house of God. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we love you. And we thank you for teaching us today. It's been a wonderful day today. God, my heart's been stirred ever since this morning. Lord, as Brother Ethan said a while ago, I've just, it's been on fire. I mean, ever since Sunday school. And I thank you, Lord, for teaching us this morning in Sunday school about the seven spirits of God. And, and thank you, Lord, for teaching us about the talents and the servants this morning. But Lord, I want to thank you for, for putting this little story, and it seems a little odd but thank you for putting this little story tucked away right here at the end of 2 Kings chapter number 2. And Lord, thank you for showing us some life lessons through this tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help our parents to declare and to determine I'm going to raise my children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. If it's the last thing I do, I don't care what others are going to do. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care what the schools say. I don't care what other parents may do. But by the grace of God, I'm going to raise my kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And I'm going to teach them to respect Bethel. I'm going to teach them to respect God and the things of God. I'm going to teach them to respect their elders and act with decency and respect. Lord, tonight I pray that you'd work in the hearts of our young people and God help them to understand that, that they too have a challenge. Lord, that they're to obey their parents in all things in the Lord for this is right. Lord, that they're to honor, they're to honor their mother and father. And Lord, I pray tonight that you just work in and through this invitation. Speak to hearts. God, if somebody needs to come, the altars will be open. Have your way tonight, please. And we thank you. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask a question or two. We're gonna stand and, and just uh, take a moment, give an invitation. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight right where I'm seated at, 
I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. But pastor, I want to go. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me tonight. Is there one like that anywhere, anywhere? And right now, you just slip your hand up and let me pray for you. Can I do that? Pastor, if I died, I'm just not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere at all? As far as I can tell, I don't see. I don't see any hands. Hey, Mom and Dad, are you raising those kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? I want to tell you something. It's hard work. That's hard work. Parenting's not for the faint of heart. It's tough. Are you raising those little ones in the nurture of God, the admonition of God? Maybe tonight, I don't know, maybe tonight, a mom and a dad just need to, just need to grasp hands and come down to this altar and tonight just commit their home to the Lord and say, Lord, we're dedicating our home to God. Maybe some young people need to come tonight and say, Lord, help me to, to be respectful. Help me to love my mom and dad, to honor them, to obey them, to represent them well. And so if you need to come tonight, you say, Pastor, I, I've been saved, but I've not followed the Lord in, in baptism. Maybe tonight you didn't make yourself a candidate for baptism. You're here tonight and say, Preacher, we're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. And we feel at God's will that God would have us join with this local body. Whatever it is. It could be many different things. But if the Holy Spirit speaks in your heart, you come tonight. Would you stand with us all over the house? Father, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you touch our homes. Father, touch our homes. And Father, I pray that we'd have godly homes. Even in 2023, God, even in a godless culture, oh, I pray we'd have godly homes, Christ-honoring homes. So Father, have your way in this time of invitation. Save and work, edify, and we pray you'll be pleased through it all. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Let's just keep our heads bowed for just a moment. If you need to come, we're gonna be here to pray with you. We've got some our personal workers down here in the altars. If we can pray, you come tonight while we wait just for a moment, all right? You come.